Hello, everybody, and welcome to a third new episode. Yeah, that's right. Uh, wow. <laughs> that's kind of awesome, isn't it? A little bit different than the norm, but it feels like a good cap off to the season because um, I kind of needed to put that last one in two parts, and that worked well, and then I liked the nine as the total, and so this will be the ninth, and this last set of three will complete a set of three, sort of. Uh it just feels right. It feels good. And even more so, I've had this one in mind as a release for the finish of all this death and acceptance stuff because it works way, way too perfect. To be honest, I've had this recording since before I even started this season. And um, it has so many things hiding in there between uh, an interaction with my grandmother after her death, uh, drug use, getting in nature, uh, looking at things from an archetypal lens, and uh, reinterpreting events from a different way, uh, looking at things in a new light. And um, on a deeper level, I think it's important to uh, share our stories and, and learn to tell them a little bit better. So this is my kind of first attempt at that, and my hope would be that as a whole, it's an enriching experience. It's an, uh, an experience to step into a different world for a minute. And what I'm going to start calling these are star charts. So I'm going with the whole celestial theme like I was before um, when I was doing constellations and um, comet trails. So the constellations being the big, giant, uh, huge themes, and then the comet trails going into something specific. I want to continue those sort of ideas with these um, different types of episodes. And so for me, the reason I'm calling it a star chart is because it's not the constellations or the big celestial events themselves. It's more of a guide and more of a, a way of being able to see those things better later. Um, so in that sense, it's, it's a kind of map. And I think that a lot of stories are maps that guide us to new ways of being and new ways of attending to the world. So without further ado, here is that story. So as you know, I absolutely love wildflowers. Um, I seek them out whenever I can, and I will even drive long distances if I hear that there's a bloom. And that's exactly what happened this last spring. I had heard of a great bloom over in the uh, Columbia River Gorge, uh, around this place called the McCall Nature Preserve. So I decided to take a couple days off, well, really just one day off, <laughs> and uh, drive all the way up there and then go on a hike and kind of just do this solo trip and kind of just be amid the flowers. And on my way up, I was listening to podcasts, as I usually do, and a certain one came up where it was talking about death. And... What they mentioned with death was this really interesting framework of, of energies that when somebody dies, uh, their, their life force or whatever you would call it, um, basically is, is sort of dispersed among uh, those who they had interaction with. And, and the idea is that um, people who are grieving uh 
it's sort of an integration process of those things that they felt um, that they admired about that person uh, sort of being incorporated into them. It's kind of like this process of like um, becoming what you love kind of thing. And then that person carries on through them, or at least that certain part of them uh, carries on through them. And I thought that was a really interesting framework. Um, one of the things they said was uh, if you're looking at like contacting the dead, uh, it's not so much the uh, answers to the questions uh, that you pose them, but it's the questions themselves is where you find um, them speaking to you uh, because it's sort of like they're already incorporated into you. And I thought that was a really cool thing to kind of think of and, and ponder on. And it really got me on uh, thinking about my grandma who had passed away a couple years ago. And so I tried it out and, and it seemed like a really cool thing. It felt like uh, I was carrying her with me. And um, because of that, I just started thinking of you know, just the fleeting nature of things, the ways that, um, that you, you kind of try to hold on to these things and, uh, all things change with time and, um, things pass and new things arise and a season for everything, you know, the wildflowers are kind of a part of that. And then I started thinking about the ways that we've sort of disrupted that balance where there's certain things that are going away but aren't really coming back, that they're not really entering into the cycle. Um, and, and there's certain losses that we're going to have to sustain going forward because of the ways that we've treated the planet. You know, For instance, I was thinking of specifically the flowers, that um, there might be successive generations that don't get to experience what I'm experiencing because the transition between seasons might be a little rougher and those sort of super blooms that we're used to in certain areas just might not exist anymore. So I was thinking of all that and I realized that I was just in this really contemplative mood. And then I realized that I also had some mushrooms with me and I didn't want to do any sort of like psychedelic trip, nothing like that. But I thought, you know, um, it might be good to uh, eat a few of these uh, before I get there so that they kick in about when I'm ready to hike and, um, not again, not enough to, you know, alter my reality or, or make me dive deep into some deep corner of my psyche, but more just to, um, you know, some, some sort of threshold dose, dose, something. So I know, notice a difference, but, um, I'm still mostly myself. And so I took about a half a gram, uh, you know, just about, uh, halfway to a very mild psychedelic dose. And uh, that worked about perfectly because by the time I got there, um, I could tell it was kicking in. Uh, the colors seemed just a little more vibrant. Um, things, things seemed a little more, I don't know, spiritual maybe. Uh, but I get there and um, <clears throat> most people are leaving. And they're leaving because it's super, super windy. Um, and like bad enough that I don't even want to bring my whole bag or even all of my camera gear. I just bring one lens uh, with my camera uh, so that I can have it in my hand. I feel pretty confident that's not going to blow away. And I start out on uh, on my trip, on my on my little hike. And I don't really meet anybody going up, obviously, because people are kind of heading down. They're trying to get away from this heavy wind. But 
right away I noticed there's something special even about that because it's causing the flowers to just go back and forth like crazy, but they're somehow holding on. They're fine with it. Um, the area kind of is a plateau, so I, I think they're just kind of used to it, that there's times of heavy wind and they just uh, weather them and uh, they're okay. But um, I get to hiking a little bit and I notice one thing right away is this rock that seems out of place. Um, and I stare at it for a second, I look at it, I consider going to it, and then I think, no, um, maybe I'll get it on the way back. Uh, but I continue on, and there's a couple that comes the other direction, they're coming off the mountain, and they say, hey, uh, <clears throat> uh, it's really great up there, uh, just be a little careful, we did see a rattlesnake. Um, and I go, oh, that's totally fine. You know, maybe I'll get a picture. I got, I got my camera. That could be really cool. And they're like, oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Woo, awesome, yeah. Um, and then I just kind of continue on uh, from there, kind of in silence, because I'm just noting, like, okay, there's the wind. There's this thing of rattlesnakes. There's this weird rock. There's, you know, and, and I'm sure it's the mushrooms at this point, but, I, I, you know, I'm starting to add meaning to things and just kind of, uh, it feels contemplative. It feels quiet. Uh, so I get a little bit further up the path, and um, it's sort of this, area of trees and as you walk in it immediately uh because the trees are blocking the wind just silence um and i thought i was walking in silence before but now that the wind's gone it's just uh it's a whole different level and so i'm just kind of enjoying that and and just kind of walking through it and the path takes a curve and goes a little higher up the mountain and then it gets back to the opening again and uh now i'm really in the wildflowers and it is just gorgeous. They're all across the hillside. I'm the only one there. I got a nice view all the way down uh, into the gorge where I can see the water. And the interesting thing is there was kind of that threshold of going into the trees, but going out of the trees, uh, the wind had stopped for some reason or another. And so it felt like I was kind of in this different realm um, where the wind uh, wasn't really affecting it. And as I'm here, as it's, as it's quiet like this, and I see all these flowers, I think back to my grandma again, and I think, oh man, she would have loved it here. And then I thought about some of what the podcast was saying, and I was, you know, thinking, in a way, she kind of is here, at least the parts of her that I carry. So I, I can take her along and kind of connect to this whole sort of sacred ancestor thing. Um, because another thing that I had been thinking of was with the long history, like the people that used to be here, you know, um, the ways that they were connected to the land and, and the things that we've lost in that sense, the, the sense of the sacred. So I'm kind of like blending it all together into this sort of pseudo ancestor worship, but, but not really worship, just more, uh, communion with. Um, so I'm quietly enjoying all the flowers and, you know, a little bit in the back of my mind going like, okay, is a rattlesnake here? Is a rattlesnake there? And uh, I walk further up the path. I'm about halfway up the path now. And um, there's one more person coming down. And he says, oh, hey, just so you know, uh, there seems to be rattlesnakes. Uh, I actually saw two of them. Now, this drew my attention because, uh, you know, I'm familiar with stories. And <laughs> they tend to have patterns, right? So I go, okay, well, let's see. The first time I got warmed of one rattlesnake. The next time I got warned of two rattlesnakes. So what kind of story is this? Do I get another warning of three rattlesnakes? Or um, were those my warnings? 
And the third one is the actual rattlesnakes. Uh, so I'm super aware at that point, I think, okay, I got to watch out. I need to heed the warnings and be very careful. And so from that point on, I'm walking very lightly. I'm being very quiet. I'm being very, very, very much in the moment. And I get about three quarters of the way up. And uh, the environment kind of changes uh, where before there was all these kind of grassy outcropping stuff, there's a lot more moisture. And now I'm kind of in this sort of higher up area where it's kind of pseudo desert sort of um a lot more open but there's also a lot of there's still a lot of flowers and there's still like a, a lot of like sagebrush and things like that so there's a lot of places to hide um but i feel like i can see things a little bit more but at the same time it also seems like the perfect environment for a rattlesnake to live so i'm i'm thinking okay now i i really need to be on guard um i'm approaching three quarters of the way up and I'm definitely by myself at this point. Uh, people have gone off the mountain. It's later in the day. You know, probably wouldn't be the best to be bitten by a rattlesnake uh, at this at this point. So not that it ever is a good point, but especially now it seems like that would be particularly unpleasant because I'd have to try to hike it down. I'd have to try to figure it out on my own. So I kind of send up this pseudo prayer and not really send it up, like send it within myself, I suppose, but... Uh, to my grandma going like, Hey, um, if you, if this whole ancestor thing is a thing, um, ancestors are supposed to protect us. Right. So, um, and you were such a good protector. Uh, you always nurtured us. You always cared for us. You always made sure we were safe. So, um, I asked that you would be here for that, that you would protect me, that you would uh, be with me in this and help me to look out for any sort of danger or anything like that. And, uh, so I'm super on guard. I, I keep hiking up and uh, finally I get to the top. I made it all the way to the top. And even though I see a lot of signs of rattlesnakes, and I can definitely feel like they're there, like I, I, I get the feeling that they're there, um, but I don't see any. So it becomes this very sacred space where I feel like I'm entering in. Uh, and I even ask them, I go, you know, hey, I know this is your place. Um, I know I am just a guest here. I, I don't mean to intrude. I'm just looking to find some beauty, looking to find some meaning, some significance. So uh, please allow me to be here. I promise I will tread lightly. Uh, I don't want to destroy your home. I know a lot of people have, but um, please, please allow me to be here. And I didn't feel like I got anything back. Um, I didn't feel any weird signs or anything. So I thought, okay, I, I'm okay to be here. So I step a little bit for, further forward and there's this amazing, amazing view going in the other direction and a beautiful placard, which I love um, a well-done nature placard because it will give you information that you can't find anywhere else. Um, and this one uh, told the deep history of the place, uh, that uh, like how the gorge was formed and how um, this giant, giant glacier melt from the last ice age, like all the way in Mount, like Montana, um, forged the gorge through these huge flowing of uh, glacial runoff all the way to the ocean. And I just thought that was amazing. And you could see it. So I'm just sitting there in awe, just going, oh my God, this is perfect. And um, it's about sunset at that time. So I look in the other direction. I have perfect photos. And I just, I, I click a few and uh, I say, thank you. Thank you so much, you know, to the rattlesnakes. And I start heading back down. 
And up until this point, it had been a little cloudy, but the clouds had started to recede and I could look to my north and see Mount St. Helens and it was gorgeous, but it was also kind of obscured by clouds. So I continue down, I get about three quarters of the way down again, and I round another corner and the clouds have left, but they are um, in like a perfect framing around the mountain. Um, And I think of the earlier shot that I tried to take, but the mountain was covered. And so I run back up to almost to the top again, (laughs) I'm super out of breath, and I snap a picture just in time. Um, And it ended up being uh, the best picture of the day. And it was perfect because it felt like at that point in that section, I, I had already been invited in. I already belonged. I was okay. Um, and again, I continued to show respect. I wasn't trying to go off trail. I wasn't trying to um, disturb anything. But there was a certain sense of belonging that I didn't have on the way up in the same spot. And so, uh, you know, I'm elated. I'm coming down the mountain. I'm, I'm out of breath because I ran. And uh, I have this perfect shot, and it was just, just before the battery of my camera died. So it was like the last shot of the day. Um, So I'm feeling super content, easy stroll down the mountain. And I get to this other spot that I'd passed before, but I didn't want to stop at because I was too concerned about the rattlesnakes. And at this point, because the temperature is starting to go down just a little bit, I I also feel a little bit more safer in the other areas. Um, So I sit on a log. And I enjoy the view for a quick minute and kind of rest my lungs. And I look over to my right and there's this gorgeous knobby old tree. And uh, just some of those, those really old pieces of wood, you know, that, that really like flow and curve and look more like liquid. And I think it's gorgeous. But I'm thinking back to these other things I was thinking about, like um, the ways that we've disrupted the balance and the ways that we've... Um, taken too much and and caused cycles to abruptly stop rather than continue and before in the past i've always had this kind of thing where i would collect trinkets from nature and uh, i would look out for them you know an interesting rock a twig a pine cone all that sort of stuff and i'd be begin to question that because um not that i think you know taking those tiny little things is really going to disrupt too much but it creates this sort of mindset of taking when it comes to nature rather than entering into relationship with. And so I didn't want to do that, but I loved, loved this wood. And so I kind of look around it because it is rotting a little bit. And um, I find a piece on the ground that that's already uh, kind of uh, fallen. And I think, okay, well, that's a little bit better, at least. At least I'm not prying off a piece of wood. Um, so I guess I'll take that. And... I do take it, and I feel a little bit hesitant about it. You know, I'm like, ah, is that, you know, is that okay? Is that not? I'm trying to wrestle with it and figure it out. But at about that point, um, there's three women that are hiking upwards, which I was so surprised at because I didn't expect anybody else to be here this late. Um, so I tell them the same thing that was told to me. I say, hey, uh, just so you know, when I first was walking up, somebody said, hey, watch out for there's a rattlesnake. And then I got a little bit further and somebody said, hey, watch out, there's two rattlesnakes. So I just wanted to pass that information on to you. And they go, oh, thank you. Yes, we'll be careful. And they continue on. And then as they continue on, I realize I had my place in the story wrong. <laughs> uh, I'm not the person that's heeding the three warnings. 
um, I'm the third person giving the warning. I'm the penultimate. Uh, so I look back at them and I go, okay, uh, I hope you guys stay safe. I hope you heed the warnings uh, because that's for you. Uh, be careful. You know, like in my brain, I'm like giving them a prayer, like, please be safe. Please be safe. Uh, <laughs> you're in the middle of the tale. I hope you realize. And uh, yeah, so I give them that little little prayer of like, uh, kind of connect to them in my brain, like be safe. And then I continue on down. And uh, the, uh, you know, the, the sun is still shining, the clouds have parted. And I get back to the, the section of trees again. And uh, now it feels a little different. It feels like another threshold moment. It's so interesting. But this time it's because the trees are overhanging. Oops, sorry about that bump. Uh, this time it's because the trees are overhanging and um, uh, I'm into shadows, right? So I was in the sun and now I'm in the shadows and I get past the trees and then um, I'm still in the shadows because the clouds had come back while I was in the trees. And so I, again, it felt like stepping into another realm in a weird way. It felt like stepping back into the day-to-day -day realm. You know, there was this kind of sacred, surreal fairy tale feel to the mountain itself. And, and now I'm back down kind of to the base. And so I'm about three quarters of the way down and I am in just a great mood, an exploratory mood, a uh, perceptive mood, an in-the-moment mood. And I look and I see this sort of uh, off, off, slightly off-the-trail path that loops back that's like really well-worn. And I think, well, you know, if other people have done that, I think I'll be okay with that. Like it, it's, it's already there. It's already established. So I'll go check it out. Uh, and I do. And uh, there wasn't much there except that there was this really interesting mound of dirt that looked like it was um, like a worn, really worn down rock uh, that, uh, you know, kind of slowly became part of the land. And it really reminded me of uh, Iceland because there's a lot of things like that in Iceland. And thinking of Iceland made me think of uh, the the, um the elves. <clears throat> and so I'm sitting there looking at this mound that seems out of place and, and thinking of the elves and starting to think of different traditions and different ideas of uh, these, these hidden folk, these, the, the elves, the fairies, the, the creatures of the other realm, and, and how there's so much overlap there, you know, wherever you go, uh, seems to have something like this, you know, whether it's the djinn in uh, the Middle East or it's... Um, the uh, Kodamas, the, the little spirits in Japan, or it's the uh, the more traditional, you know, the fairies and elves uh, for like Celtic stuff. And, you know, I'm thinking, you know, maybe there's a more universal there. Maybe maybe there is something to that. Maybe there's a different realm. And um, I kind of just stand there for a minute, you know, and speak to it. I say, hey, you know, I don't know if something's here or not. Um, I can't pretend to know, but I want to respect this place and I recognize this is somewhat of a tourist destination and it's it's been ravaged it's been uh overworked uh people are um more concerned with getting pictures on their phones than they are with connecting and there's something lost here but I see you here and and I think you're here and and I want to respect it and I don't know how so I'm asking if you could somehow show me something, give me something to give me a way forward here because I, I want a way forward. 
I recognize that I am severely lacking. Um, but if you could give me that, that would be great. And then I, I'm thinking of all this and I'm hesitating to leave because it doesn't feel like enough. It feels like I, I want to give something to like kind of show that I'm serious about this. And, uh, I can't think of anything that they would want. You know, I don't want to muddy up the place. I don't want to like leave some coins or something that, that sounds horrible. Uh, you know, and then I remember I have that little, um, that little curved twig that I'd picked up earlier when I took a rest. And I think, oh my gosh, that is so perfect. There it is. Um, and so I take it and I take it out of my pocket and I gently place it on the rock. And I get this intuitive sense like that was the right thing. That was the good thing to do. Um, but I don't get any sort of response for anything, you know, like I'm kind of expecting in my brain, like a, you know, maybe not something to speak to me directly, but just something, you know, like some wild animal to show up or uh, some change in the wind or something. And I keep kind of listening um, and I, I linger for a little bit and, and nothing really shows up. And I kind of, you know, start walking and go, okay, that's fine. You know, I look back a little bit and then kind of just go, uh, you know, before I continue forward, kind of give one last verbal, like, that's okay. I totally understand. Um, I hope that things go well for you. And I continue on. And then I get almost to the end. And then there's that sacred looking rock that is out of place that I remember from before. And I take a closer look at it um, because I'm not as busy. And I realize it's got graffiti on it. And that makes me really sad. And so I, I, uh, walk up closer to it. It's just a little bit off the trail. I walk up closer to it. And I notice first that um, the grass around it is all like matted down. And I, I kind of look at it and I see like, oh man, you know, I think like wild animals are using this for shelter. That's so cool. And I kind of circle around it. And as I circle around it, I find a old shard of broken uh, bottle. And that makes me really sad because I'm thinking like, this feels like a special place. And this is a place where like animals are and, you know, somebody's graffitied it and, and there's like trash here. So I pick up the glass and I look at it and it hits the last light of the sun, you know, cause it's sunset and it hits the last light of the sun just in this very beautiful way. And I look at, I look at it in my hand and it's like old enough to be smoothed a bit. And uh, it's just this beautiful shape. And I think, wow, this would make a really cool chime or something. And then it hits me. I go, oh my gosh, this is the gift. This is the gift uh, uh, for me. Um, and what a cool way, because uh, one, it's a gift for me and it feels sacred. It feels like something that was given to me by the spirits of this place. Um, it feels like an answer to the questions that I had. And uh, it's also a way to um, remove man from the nature, remove our, our destructiveness uh, by cleaning up the litter. So, so now, uh, whenever I find a piece of trash in nature, um, you know, either I'll, I'll throw it away or if it's beautiful, if it seems particularly unique, uh, I hold on to it. And, uh, I've been saving those pieces to, to make, you know, like wind chimes and stuff out of them. And, uh, I think, I think that that's a really, cool reinvention of a way of like thinking of gifts from nature that perhaps the gifts from nature don't have to be something from nature itself, but they can be something given back to us as, as a reciprocal thing. 
um, something that continues the relationship rather than turning us towards exploitation. So that's my thoughts and that's my story and uh, hope you enjoyed. Thanks for listening.